0: In the flesh, they are present, right in front of them, just like them. In John's Gospel, it matters that Jesus is human, but it also matters that he's God's son. But that's a hard idea to get our heads around. So today we're going to think about why it's important and why it leads to a crucial choice for all of us. Hi, and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart, and I get to be the minister here. I'm so glad you could join us from wherever you find yourself today. If you're joining us for the first time, then a special welcome to you. You can find out all about our community and activities as well as take an opportunity to give generously on our website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk I'm joined today in leading worship by Blake, who will read for us and Yvonne, who will lead us in prayer.
1: Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the Living Father sent me, and I will live because of the Father. So the one who feeds in me will live because of me. This is the bread that came then from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in a synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God.
0: Jesus gets right to the point in our passage today. What about you lot? Do you want to leave too? We're on week five in chapter six of John's Gospel and to be honest, that feels like a very long time. At least it does for me. Five weeks on this one teaching. Then, when we come to the end of this long conversation about the bread of life, Jesus seems to address the lack of enthusiasm of those listening head on. It all started with a free lunch. Jesus miraculously feeds more than 5,000 people and they want more. So Jesus starts to teach them That what they're searching for to fill their lives, to fill their empty souls, is a different kind of bread. Him. Jesus. That's what they've been yearning for. But they don't get it. Especially when he starts to talk about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And to be honest, it's not hard to see why they struggled. It's a pretty strange thing to say. But then John Gospel isn't like the other three. It's much more interested in who Jesus is and what it means for him to be both the Son of God and also human. We call that incarnation, which means in the flesh. This story is about what it means for God to turn up in the flesh and to be with us in person. Richard Rowe suggests that God loves things by becoming them. I love that. The idea of Jesus being both human and divine at the same time is something that's hard for all of us, I think. But to understand it as an act of love helps. It was one of the biggest problems for the early church. Some people thought Jesus was a holy man with strange powers that were from God, but he was just a man. Others thought that he was God, kind of dressed up as a human. But he didn't really feel all the same things that we do because, well, because he's God. Why would he subject himself to that? That's where the problems with this teaching about bread kind of come to a head. And they've been praying for a while. In chapter 3, a teacher called Nicodemus goes to see Jesus and is told that he has to be born again of spirit, not flesh. And Nicodemus doesn't understand. In chapter th- th- in chapter 4, Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at a well, and he tells her that soon people will worship in spirit, wherever they are rather than in the temple or in the holy mountain. This talk of a spiritual life is a whole new idea. Religion was about what we would probably call observation. Not looking at stuff, but doing particular things at particular times in particular places. So people ate the same meal on the Sabbath. They told the same story and sang the same psalms and said the same prayers. Or at a particular time of year, they celebrated a religious festival by going to the temple and performing rituals. Doing the thing was how you did religion. I wonder what that looks like for us, because it's still something we find hard to move beyond. How we do things is really important to us. We've seen that in baptisms in the last couple of weeks. We say the same words, pray the same prayer, and sing the same blessing. And there's something very powerful in that kind of thing. People have been baptised here in St Ninian's for 125 years with those same words and songs. The ritual helps us to be part of something bigger. But this whole conversation about bread and feasting on Jesus is about helping us to move beyond what we've always done and to see the why behind the rituals and behind the stories that the rituals celebrate. Remember, this is a book for a group of people who are trying to make sense of their world 40 or 50 years after Jesus was crucified. The followers, this community of people who believe in Jesus, have been thrown out of their churches. They've quite literally been excluded from their way of life. All the rituals and gatherings and community that they'd grown up with and contributed to and had been steeped in were suddenly not available to them anymore. So they needed a new understanding of, of both the place and the meaning of their new ritual, sharing bread and wine. But also about how that's life-giving because many of them feel that they've been cut off from life. Up until March last year, I'm sure that we couldn't have fully appreciated what that was like to be cut off from our community, from our rituals and our rites. But I'm sure we have all have some sense of that now. We know how difficult it's been to mark the passing of a loved one when we can only gather in small groups and have to stay apart from one another. We know how hard it's been to offer support to each other, but we've tried to find new ways to show our concern and to bring comfort. We've also had to find new ways to celebrate with each other. Parties on Zoom, drive-by birthday greetings, cakes left on doorsteps and random acts of kindness. I hope that experience has perhaps prompted some of us to think about Well, how we can care for each other in more spiritual terms. Of course, being present, being there in the flesh is important. That's the whole point of Jesus, isn't it? But it's not the only point of Jesus. John's Gospel tells a story of the Word. Jesus, who was there at the beginning of all things with God, when there was only darkness. It was that Word that spoke all things into being. And it was that Word that came to live among us, as one of us. Flesh of our flesh, bone of our bone, skin of our skin. But that wasn't the end, and as a church and as individuals we get that a bit wrong sometimes. We get stuck at the bit where the flesh part ends. We so often get stuck at the foot of the cross, and we don't journey through the next parts which are absolutely vital. Jesus was raised to new life, perhaps an even more brilliant version of both flesh and spirit. And Jesus appears in the flesh again to his followers. He cooks them fish in the beach, a reminder of this miracle of multiplication where bread and fish were shared. And then he ascends into heaven, leaving a huge question. What do we do when he's gone? Well, for the writer of John's Gospel, the answer is both practical and spiritual. We can do stuff in person, but we can also do things that are spiritual. I said before that one of the things about eating bread is that the food becomes part of us. It fuels us and gives us energy. So to feast in Jesus means that he becomes part of us inseparable from us. And that's hard. It was too hard for some of them and it's too hard for some of us too. So they gave up and sometimes we give up. John's Gospel offers a pretty stark in and out choice here and that was important for that community. They had to know. You couldn't be sort of in. There was too much at stake. It was for them literally a matter of physical life and death. But it's not for us. Nobody's going to hunt us down because we believe in Jesus. I wonder... I wonder if that causes us to treat our faith a bit more casually. Being a follower of Jesus isn't something we do, it's something we are. Because Christ is in us, inseparable from us. We have consumed him in spirit. But of course that's a choice. It's a choice each of us has to make over and over again. People have responded in different ways. For some of us it's too hard. For others it's okay, but you know, well, you don't have to take it that seriously, do you? And for some, it's become part of who we are. They recognise, just like Peter recognised, that there's nowhere else to go. That the alternatives are empty and trivial, poor imitations of what we really need. I wonder if we can say those words and mean them. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God.
2: Loving God, we pray for our world today, the world you created and called good. The world that struggles to survive all that we have done to it, and the way we have exploited its resources. Nurturing God, show us how to better care for the beauty and the wonder of all creation. We pray for your church, called to be a beacon of light and hope, yet often split by division and conflict too distracted by wrangling within, to reach out as you call us to do. Bring peace to your church and to your people. Peace beyond understanding. Peace founded on Christ, the Prince of Peace. In places where the church is growing, may they not mistake success for faithfulness. In places where it is declining or even disappearing, May we not panic and think you have abandoned us. Remind us of Jesus, of the troubles he faced, and which he promised to those who followed him. Remind us of his strength, made perfect in weakness. Today we pray for our brothers and sisters across the world who long for the freedoms that we take for granted, to worship together in a dedicated building, to worship together, anywhere. Bring your comfort and protection to those who have lost loved ones and are themselves at risk of injury, torture or death because of objections and opposition to the faith they profess and practice. Lord, we lift up to you the people of Afghanistan. We pray that you would take hold of them and walk them through this fearful time. Protect them under your wing and help them feel the comfort and peace that only comes from your powerful presence. We cry out to you for a world able to live and let live. A world able to celebrate the diverse strands of belief and ritual, affirming our common ground of treating others as we wish them to treat us. We thank you, Lord, for all the joys we have here at St. Ninians and in our community. We pray that people feel at home when they come through our doors, that our church is a place where they feel safe and welcome. As we begin to come out of the restrictions placed upon us over the last 18 months, we pray for all the groups who will meet here, for the leaders and volunteers who will give of their time and skills. Lord, As our children and young adults start a new academic year at school, college, university, we ask that you give them guidance, strength and support, for they have shown resilience and commitment throughout this pandemic, amidst the disruption of their education and their routines. In the silence, we bring before you all those who have been on our mind this past week, those who are ill at home or in hospital those who are mourning the loss of a loved one, those who are finding life hard and a struggle. These and all the concerns that we carry in our hearts today, we bring in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever.
0: Amen. From gathered space in home or sanctuary, virtual or in person, God, travel with us into this week. And may the presence of God be a blessing to us and those whom we meet. And may we live out that blessing. May the hope of God never be contained or captured, but allowed to grow and thrive in our lives, in our homes, in our communities, and in our world.